Shut up and sit down. This is the Geek Universe Fandom Podcast. I am your host, Calvin Jones. This is the show where we talk about all things geeked out and freaked out in the geek multiverse. Ladies and gentlemen. Alright guys, so in today's show, I want to talk about, you know, last show kind of gave you an idea what this was going to be. Um, I'm pretty much going to do, you know, I I told myself I was going to do an entire show, right, where it was going to be mostly about why I think Star Wars currently sucks, right? But I do think that there's a lot of hope. But to be fair, I don't think it's going to take me an entire show, so I'm going to, like, basically start off with that, all right? Why I think Star Wars currently sucks and why I think there's a lot of hope because there's a lot of cool stuff happening behind the scenes that a lot of people are not aware of. But, you know, I'm basically going to talk about that. And uh, also I'm going to do a review. Um, I'm gonna, You know what? Um, I'm actually going to start off with a review of this. Um, I actually just got through watching um, the Fast 9 movie. So I'm going to do a non-spoiler re- review of that first. Then I'm going to get into Star Wars. And, um, you know, what? I'm also going to talk about uh, Black Summer. All right. There is a Netflix show um, called Black Summer. Now, it's basically I'm going to do a review on season two, which just came out. Um, the show is pretty good. Now, if you know anything about this show, uh, it's basically a zombie apocalypse show that's kind of loosely based on um, the universe of the uh, show uh, Z Nation, which is another zombie show on the uh, sci-fi channel to be honest the quality is not that great the uh, special effects is not that great as well and it's a little bit more there's a lot more comedic elements to that show it doesn't take itself super super seriously like the walking dead or anything but um there's something that they mentioned in that show called black summer that's basically when the zombie apocalypse first happened and so um I'm going to be talking about season two because, you know, the thing is, this show came out two years ago. But that's the funny thing about Netflix is they literally have these shows and then it takes them two, sometimes a year to two years to, for the show to come back for a second season. It's just the weirdest thing in the world. But I tell you what, though, I mean, honestly, um, I'm thinking about rewatching season one because that's the one thing about Netflix is they have this weird thing they do where, I, honestly, the binging model, I think has gone i think it's run its course because i think what they should do netflix should probably do more of an amazon model what amazon does with its streaming services they do like um they'll have a few episodes available at a time and then depending on how long that season is like what they did with their show the boys is they actually had uh um the first i don't know if they did it the first season to be fair I, i can't remember if it was episode to episode or if it was just one episode at a time but um on the second season, they released the first couple episodes, and then from there, and it was only eight episodes for the season, but then what they did was they basically started releasing an episode a week, which, you know, it worked out pretty good. Netflix, uh, no, Disney Plus actually currently does that model, where they do an episode every week. That's what they did. started with the, uh, the Mandalorian, so it works. 
I think Netflix seriously needs to consider doing that because um, the thing about this Black Summer Season 2 is it literally had no buzz. I didn't even know this show was a thing. I just one day was going through the uh, Netflix feed and saw that it was available, and then I, I binged through it. It was a pretty good show, <laughs> so we're going to talk a little bit about that. But um, also, you know, speaking of zombie stuff, man, uh, I got to get into this... Um, so there's a lot of Resident Evil content that's coming. There's a live-action show coming to Netflix, and it's going to be starring Lance Reddick. Now, Lance Reddick, you know, this is the dude that um, he actually has been in The Wire. He's um, been done a lot of voiceover work for a lot of animated stuff, and uh, also he was in a show, Fringe. He played the uh, one of the directors of the FBI under the Fringe team. And so... Um, you know, it's it's a race swap thing because he's actually going to be playing um, Albert Wesker. So, we'll see how that goes. But I'm going to be talking about that. And uh, honestly, I don't know. Some of the stuff I'm hearing about the show, I'm not saying I won't give it a shot. But honestly, I'm not really pleased by some of the stuff that I've read so far um, about that. We're going to talk about that. And uh, there's also a Resident Evil show. I don't know too much. No, a new movie's coming out, a reboot. I don't know too much about this reboot movie. I, I haven't done a lot of research. I just know that there is definitely one coming. I think it might be coming, both the show and that movie, both are going to be coming the same year, in 2022. But they're not even connected. They're totally different. Um, same franchise, but they're not connected at all. So that's kind of coming. And uh, also, you know, we got some... Um, a lot of cool DC property stuff is getting ready to happen. And so I made a list. You know, there's basically eight things that are live action that are getting ready to happen over the next couple of years. And so I'm going to be talking about what basically out of these eight properties, I'm going to be counting down from one to eight, you know, the top eight stuff that I care about for DC properties. So we're going to be going over that. Um, I basically ranked them according to what I care about, <laughs> what I think is the most, you know, important and what I think is, uh, to me, the, the most buzz. And so I'm going to start off from eight on into number one. All right. So we're going to go over that. But um, let me go ahead and do this review real quick of uh, Fast 9. The Fast and the Furious franchise is a very very interesting franchise because it's, it's one of those things where i think historically it's probably one of the longest lasting movie franchises in the history of hollywood i mean we're talking about this damn thing started almost 20 years ago okay i think the first one came out in 2001 so we're talking about yeah yeah this damn thing if, if it came out in 2001 i think that was the first fast and the furious the first one came out i think in 2001 or 2002 so we're talking about a franchise that is damn near almost 20 years old. That's crazy. Crazy, crazy. And the thing is, what's what really funny with this franchise is it started off, it, it was a, you know, it, it's basically with some dudes just basically stealing and racing cars. They were, they, they were thieves and then they were doing a lot of racing. You know, Vin Diesel was in the first one, wasn't in the second one. And then, you know, he showed back again a couple of years later and um, he was in Tokyo Drift, did a cameo there. 
And then from there, I think it was the, because, uh, you know, there's so many of them at this point that I think the fourth one is when the tide changed. And that's when they had this big cast where it had the, the uh, Paul Walker, Vin Diesel, um, Michelle Rodriguez, all these different people that have been in the franchise up until that point. Right. And this is when it started to really go over the top to where it was more than just, you know, they're just car thieves. At this point, they started to become that transformation where they became the damn Avengers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because at this point, it's like, I'm going to tell you like this. Without going to spoilers, I'm watching this movie and it's like everything you see in the trailer, it's even, I wouldn't say it's even worse. It's just even more over the top when you actually see it. They do stuff in this movie. And, you know, if you're you know, a big fan of the franchise, I heard some people that, that were big diehard fans of the franchise that are saying that it's kind of running its course. And to be fair, I kind of think, yeah, that's kind of sort of the case, but I ain't going to lie to you. I went into this movie thinking and hearing that about the reviews and saying I'm still going to go check it out, right? But as ridiculous as some of this stuff was, I'm going to tell you like this. There was a lot of kick-ass stuff. It's like adrenaline rush type stuff. And I'm watching this movie and it's like they're doing all this crazy stuff, right? Impossible stuff. But for some reason, I couldn't take my eyes off of it. It was amazingly fun. I mean, I enjoyed myself the entire two hours plus. This is a two hours plus movie. And the thing is, okay, you got Vin Diesel in it. And, you know, and it's like there's two different elements, right? There's the family aspect, right? And then there's this whole over-the-top action aspect of the movie which you know they're doing stuff like all right like you've seen the trailer where he had the car and they did this like swinging the car it's like a couple of tons on a a bridge vine or you know a, a piece of a bridge like basically um it was impossible the car should have fell down into this you know basically into the ocean or whatever right and then there's this part where they're basically um they're doing all this amazing crazy stuff i mean you've seen the trailer right i mean vin diesel at this point it's like i'm, I'm serious i'm joking but kind of not joking because it's like i don't know if i'm watching a fast and the furious movie or is it the avengers uh, mcu movie because vin diesel essentially is like captain america he's like a super soldier right because he's doing stuff i mean the dom character is literally doing stuff that is super human he takes on, without going into the scene in spoiler territory, I'm just going to say this. There is a scene, but y'all, yeah, pretty much I'm not going to spoil it and go into details of what's happening, but he literally is fighting a room full of like 10 guys and he's holding his own. And keep in mind, the series started off where this dude is basically just a master car thief and racing guy. Okay? That's how the shit started. <laughs> and now he's basically you know, trying out for the Avengers second uh, JV squad or something, right? And um, then there's stuff like, um, you know, just the stunt work. That, you know, they, they're doing all this over-the-top stuff. And, like, you know, like there's even a scene where Tyrese and um, um, Ludacris, the rapper, right? They're basically talking about all the crazy stuff. It's almost like they're getting ready to break the fourth wall, right? They're literally talking to themselves and the audience almost. They were like, yeah, there's so, the stuff we're doing, it makes no sense. How are we still alive? And I'm like, yeah, how the hell are y'all still alive? Because think about this. In the last one, they took down a damn submarine, for God's sake. And they do stuff like that in this movie, too. It's like they got these cars and they're doing all this crazy stuff. And it's like, how are they not dead? 
And I'm watching this movie the whole time. I'm like, you just got to just turn off your brain and enjoy the show. I mean, I'm, I'm literally expecting at some point, you know, because I'm hearing all this crazy stuff. At this point, um, and, I, and I'll say this, this the, the, in the trailer where you see them where it looks like they're basically going into the upper atmosphere in a goddamn uh, a car, right? Um, I will say this. That scene is even more crazy over the top when you see it in the movie. So I'm just letting you know that right now. Brace yourself for impact because it gets crazy. But I'm going to say this, though. As crazy as this movie is, I'm telling you right now, they've got at least a couple more years left in this franchise because if people still showing up, this is the pandemic. We're still currently in the pandemic here in America. A lot of people have had the vaccine for the COVID-19 virus, right? But what's happening is people are starting to slowly start to get back into the theaters again. And um, they just had a major box office to where it's probably the biggest box office draw. People showed up to see this movie since the beginning of the pandemic last year. And I tell you, man, look, it was well worth it because this movie was fun. Not the greatest. It's not Shakespeare. There's crazy, crazy action and stunts. But I'm telling you. You're going to, if you're a fan of this, some diehards are thinking, ah, you know, it was just a little too crazy. It's, you know, I, I know I enjoyed all the craziness of all the other movies, but this is just too much. Well, I don't know. I kind of was thinking the same thing because I'm not really a huge diehard fan of this franchise. But I got to tell you, man, I went in and I enjoyed myself. So if you're, I don't know, man, it's kind of 50-50. 50% of the people out there are going to think this movie is way over the top. Another 50% are going to be like, yeah, I'm still all in. It's ridiculous, but I'm still all in, right? So, yeah, I, I highly recommend. You know, you, you know, just go check it out and see for yourself um, if you like these movies. Because, honestly, my brothers, um, I think all of my brothers except for one have seen this movie. And, of course, my little nephew. And they all were talking about some of the silliness of the movie. But, overall, none of them said that they hated it. So, yeah, I mean, it's a fun movie. So, I recommend it. Um, I think some people are going to like it and some people are going to hate it. But no matter what, I think that it's going to keep you awake. You're not going to, if you, it lives up in this way. If you were kind of tired and maybe you didn't get a nap or you didn't get enough sleep the night before, the action is so cool and it's so fun that it's like it wakes you up. So, yeah, that's pretty cool. So I'm, I recommend it. It was a pretty fun movie. I'd recommend it. All right. So. Alright, um, what I'm going to talk about next, I guess I'll go ahead and get into the, um, the Black Summer Season 2. Um, I will say this, Black Summer Season 2 is very interesting because, um, I don't, I don't want to get into spoilers because some people probably haven't seen it. It's been out for a while now, but I will say this, I like the direction that they always go with this show because to me um it was just like the first season what happens is i love what they do with the show to where there's new characters they introduce but they also have some of the characters from the last one and what's cool is some of these characters don't all make it but what happens is you see all the different character arcs and the thing is it's kind of all over the place you see everyone's different little story for what's going on and i love how they do that because every person it's almost like to, to me it's almost reminiscent of what quentin tarantino did with his movies how there's different little periods of time where every character has their own little story right and so you have many stories that exist in the overall 
important, you know, the overall story of the entire um, series. So there is a lot of that that still takes place. And then um, there's also um, one of those things where I would say the, um, man, the intensity of these zombies, man. It's like, it's one of those things where that's the one thing about this show is that you watch the stuff that happens to this and it truly is kind of terrifying because, man, you're talking about, there's like this one scene, I won't go into details of what it is, but there's this scene where literally people are in a firefight, right? But think about this. You're having this firefight and literally people could be dying right next to you, right? And the thing is, as soon as they die, it's like instantaneous. Like there was this one part where a zombie was on top of somebody and killed him. And then all of a sudden, within seconds, you know, the, the guy turns and it's like, now we have two zombies. So it's like super, super crazy and super, super intense action in this show, man. I mean, just like season one. I mean, th that intensity is still there. Um, there's a lot of uh, betrayal, right? Like one of the characters that, I mean, you know, she's super, super, like I will say this. The mother and daughter t from the uh, first season... She is super, super intense, and it's like, a, you know, it's almost the best way to describe it is the way she turned out in the second season. She went from Susie Homemaker, right, to basically she's almost like the Terminator, you know? It's like her entire objective is to take care of her daughter, and she's super, super intense. And it's one of those things where that's her only primary thing is just to protect her daughter, and to see just, it's almost like another uh, way to describe it is, remember in the, uh, if you're a Walking Dead fan, most of you if, you, if you like this show, you're probably a fan of some of the first couple of seasons of The Walking Dead at least, right? But remember how Rick was in season one and two, and then you see that intense change in season three once they're actually on the road just trying to survive? That's the way I would um, basically characterize her change. Um, yeah, the, the, she changes a lot. And then there's the, uh, I'm not sure what he is. I think he, 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 I, he might be Samoan, but um, what's happened is I guess they've been surviving. You know, ba basically, without giving any spoilers, you see at the end of the first season what happened, how basically they were there, and then what happened was they ended up um, getting to this stadium in the middle of uh, the city in order to survive, you know, and then, you know, that's how that first season ended, right? But what happened in this season is, I guess, something we, you know, it never goes into detail. Maybe they'll do it in season three, but apparently they've been surviving on their own for a while because they're not in that stadium anymore. You know, without going, I'm, I'm not going into details of, you know, what, what all goes down, but um, basically it looks like they've been surviving on, for a while on the, doing their own thing. And in fact, old dude, um, to me in the first season, he looked pretty much like an Asian dude. But the thing is, you know, he has, uh, he could be Samoan, but oh, dude's fro is like, this, he's got a little 1970s fro thing going. And his character arc is pretty impressive for this season, too. Because there's some stuff he goes through where you actually get a little bit of his back history. There's a character that he meets that apparently is from his past, and I'm not going to go into details, but that story arc is pretty interesting as well. And then there's, um, um, Two of the other characters, um, the one dude, the um, the kind of timid, scary look, or scary dude that was, you know, kind of um, someone you wouldn't think would survive. Um, 
I was really, really just shocked by the direction they go with his character because um, I'm going to say this. You're not going to see it coming when something happens. But um, as far as the show overall, um, not a bad season. Like, there's this, um, there's a lot of intense combat shooting and uh, gunplay in this, in this season. And it's like, I guess you can see that, you know, basically resources are running low. A lot of people are surviving. And what's happening is they're coming together and doing their group things. And so, I don't know. You know, what's great about this show is that when we're talking about post-apocalyptic stuff, it's kind of depressing. But I guess that means that the show is doing its part because it's like, okay, you just wish that people, instead of fighting for resources, would just realize there's only so many of us alive let's try to come together as society and like try to keep whatever's left together and rebuild society based on what's left. But then, you know, I guess I'm just too optimistic. It's really depressing, <laughs> but the show is good though. And so I will say this, if you are a fan of the first season, you're going to like this second one because all the stuff they did in the first season, look, um, they go on to in this second season and it's like, um, I will say this, some of the characters, in my opinion, um, you almost don't like them sometimes. Like one of the characters, in my opinion, um, you watch this show and you're going to see because of the intense change in this character, which I won't name because I don't want to spoil it too much. You're just going to see that you're not going to end up liking, I won't even say a her or him. I'm just going to say you're not going to like this particular character. In fact, in a way, there's almost two characters like that, but um, not bad character development. So, um, and then I will say this, there, there is some stuff that's kind of cliche too, though, because there is some typical bad guy type stuff where basically they're just cruel for the sake of cruelty. Um, there is some of that that just kind of is over the top to me because it's one of those things where it's like, why in the hell are these guys just being so intentionally cruel just for this, you know, because to me, I watch this show and I'm thinking it's almost stupid to do some of the stuff you see some of these characters do because of the fact that these damn things, when people turn, they turn within seconds. So why do some of the crap that they end up doing? This is crazy to me. But overall, not a bad show, man. I, I, I recommend it. So uh, that's two shows for you right there. You got the movie, Fast 9, worth watching. And then, of course, you know, um, you got Black Summer, season two. Um, I recommend it. Not a bad show. I hope there's a season three because, you know, the thing about Netflix, like I'm saying, they have a tendency of going sometimes years in between doing shows and they're pretty much they're pushing their shows and actually announcing when a show returns. Yeah, they don't do a good job at that. And they got to work on that. All right. So Star Wars, let me go ahead and get into Star Wars now. So why do I think Star Wars currently sucks and what I think can be done about that? So let's get into that. All right. So Star Wars. Why do I think Star Wars sucks? All right. So, you know, the thing about Star Wars, these last couple of years, and I, I, I think one of the major reasons is you kind of got to look at the background of why you know, if you want to go into why Star Wars, in my opinion, currently sucks, you have to go into, well, the company that bought them. And, you know, I've heard stuff and, you know, w without him actually saying it, 
there's a lot of rumors and hints that, of course, George Lucas is completely not pleased at all with what he's seen happen to his baby. You know, he sold Star Wars to Disney. And the thing is, what, what, what happened is exactly probably what he feared. A giant corporation got access to a, a very, very popular IP. But then what ended up happening is, you know, he had a bunch of ideas that, you know, they said they would use. And, you know, there's kind of hints of this um, from some stuff that Bob Iger said. You know, Bob Iger, he was a CEO during the acquisition of um, Lucasfilms or LucasArts. Or, is it LucasArts or Lucasfilms? But, but, you know, the point of the story is this. George Lucas had an idea for a trilogy that was completely and totally different from what we saw in the, the, the big screen, what Disney ended up releasing. And one of the big reasons that, you know, this is a big deal is because, you know, there was some stuff that George Lucas says, you know, that's been rumored that he just he doesn't he doesn't like it. And so one of the big things is when Disney took over, they did typically what corporations do. They wanted to put their spin on something. But then what they didn't understand and they didn't realize is that they should have kept George Lucas on as an advisor because if they did, he would have told them what you're doing is not a good idea. Because the thing about it is, you know, when it comes down to Star Wars, you know, one of the first things I would say is, you know, there's just you got all these different legends ideas, right? All these different characters and story arcs that you could easily turn into canon that they're not really doing anything with. And what you need to understand is the big thing about Disney is it took over LucasArts, right? And the thing is, they put Kathleen Kennedy in charge. Kathleen Kennedy is a person who basically she has been quoted in an interview she did, like, uh, uh, I can't remember exactly when it was, but you can look it up. It's on Google because I can't remember exactly where it, what time this period has happened. But it was just, it's been a couple of years. But you got a person who's in charge, or at least she used to be in charge. You know, there's, I'm going to get into that and what I've heard. I, I kind of talked about it in the last show. But the thing is, she literally said that they don't have any original material to draw from. And it's like, what are you talking about? There's all these different Star Wars comics and novels that are super popular with collectors. And the thing is, you know, some of this stuff has since become canon and some of it not so much. But the thing is, there's all this legend stuff that could easily be turned into canon. And they're not doing anything with them. And so what's happening is there's just way too much focus on the Skywalker saga. Now, it kind of would have made sense to do that for the first couple of films in a trilogy, okay? And if done the right way, it would have worked out perfectly. But here's the problem. The problem with Star Wars currently, and honestly, because the thing is, they're kind of sort of, it's not really completely the Skywalker saga, but I guess you could say it's loosely the Skywalker saga, because the thing is, even in The Mandalorian, this takes place within the the uh, lifetime of Luke Skywalker. So the thing is, they kind of eventually, what they need to do is add more to the, you know, to, to the show and the movies, 
right? By going in a different direction. Me personally, I would say um, they definitely need to just try to look into starting a new trilogy and then have it be completely, you know, some people were saying it's this High Republic thing, you know, there, were, there, there was a possibility that maybe they would do some movies over it. It was 200 years before the Skywalker saga. I personally wish they would go further back than that. Because to me, I would like to see um, different characters that are so far removed that it's almost like you can completely start over and be creative because you have different characters that are completely removed from the current canon. Okay? And so the thing is, they, they, they've just done too much, you know, focus on the Skywalker saga. Because the thing is, you know, um, you kind of eventually need to add on to that. Like, even with the stuff that they're doing in the shows right now with the Mandalorian, I mean, I, it's great, but I think they eventually need to move past it or at least keep that stuff going on because we're talking about a plan where a lot of that stuff is going to be on for years to come. But what they need to do is either eventually do a forward, move forward in time or go backwards in time. So they really need to look into doing that, you know, using some of these legend characters and go backwards, I think. All right. Because the thing is, you know, Star Wars is like it's kind of stagnant right now. Star Wars is more than just Sith Lords and Jedi. But that's a pretty big part of it. So the thing is, why not go back to a time period where a lot of this stuff was big? Which I would say Knights of the Old Republic. I think a lot of people would be cool with that. But also, you have to keep in mind, too, is like a lot of people like to me personally, what I saw in The Mandalorian, what I really liked was when the comedian um, Bill. Um, um, what's his name? Uh, Bill. Not, it's Bill Hicks. I, I forget the comedian's name. <laughs> he, he's you know, I'm, I'm terrible with names. Y'all, if you if you follow this show, you know, I'm terrible with names. But you, you know, the actor slash comedian I'm talking about. But anyway, there was an episode where it was kind of a heist episode. So if they kind of went into the element of, you know, going to the, the you know, kind of Bubba Fett territory, right? Because the Fets are a big part of the underground. And it looks like they're kind of going into that with this the Book of Bubba Fett show. So the thing is, I wish they would just go into different aspects. Because we're talking about Star Wars is an expansive universe with thousands of planets that are part of the Republic or the Old Republic, right? And even the Empire. So if they would go into that different direction with some of their movies and even some of their TV shows, because they're still loosely kind of sort of in the Skywalker saga, because we're going into stuff now where it's in the lifetime of Luke Skywalker, even though they're doing things where it's the Mandalorian they're talking about and going into. Right. But they really need to try to go through that. But also something else that um, they kind of got away with um, and they went and moved away from. When they did this trilogy, the, the, the finishing up the Skywalker saga was, um, you know, Joseph Campbell, um, he put out a book years ago called The Hero of a Thousand Faces. And the thing is, Joseph Campbell's work is what George Lucas um, kind of used to basically come up with some of his ideas to create a mythology for Star Wars. And the thing is, what's really interesting about this is they completely bypassed that in the Skywalker, you know, these, these new Disney prequels. I mean, think about this. The hero's journey. What is the hero's journey? It's basically a period where you have this character who basically goes through a development where he has this, he grows or she grows as a person. 
and becomes the person that is basically the epic hero at the end. They didn't really do that with the Disney sequels because, honestly, a lot of these characters, and I kind of said in the last show, a lot of these characters are really, really forgettable. But here's another problem. They put so much emphasis on the new that they pushed away all the stuff that fans love, like mainly all those characters. Like to me, Han Solo, Luke, Leia, they never even had a scene where all of these characters got together. They killed Han in the first damn movie. And the thing is, what they should have done is like, how do you have Star Wars and you're bringing back these characters and not have them all come together and interact in the same sequence at least once? In the Millennium Falcon or just somewhere where they're all together and just hugging it up, talking about old times, you know, something. They didn't do that even once in the Disney trilogy. You know, basically all the characters were kind of loosely coming together here and there. And um, truth be told, I mean, honestly, I don't even think, you know, like I said, the the movies to me, I was so much of not a fan of the um, a lot of these movies that. I honestly can't even remember if Luke even mentioned Han. And that's one of his closest friends. And I don't even think he mentioned the death of Han or even went into any details too much in the movie. And I don't even think Ray really told him about it. So it's like, how the hell do you miss that? It makes no sense. But that's what kind of what happened. You know, what happened is, you know, there's just, there's no, and when we're talking about the hero's journey, right? They really kind of bypassed that with Ray because, like, I and and I, I hope I'm not sounding like a, a broken record because I did cover some of this in the last show. But the thing about the Ray character is that, um, man, she came out the gate damn near perfect, man. It's like I, I don't think I can remember in any of the original movies where um, her character, I mean, the character of Luke and Leia, Han, they all kind of had character arcs and changed as the series went along. Rey didn't really go through that because the thing is, she kind of came to Luke in The Last Jedi almost fully developed in the Force. It was the craziest thing. Because keep in mind, she beat um, Kylo Ren. She had the power to use the Force to make a suggestion to the Stormtroopers to release her. And then... um, I mean, just the fact that she was able to just beat Kylo Ren, it was just that that was just that was a big mistake that they made. It's like, how do you do that? And the thing is, you know, there was an interview that J.J. Abrams did recently where he kind of basically said that they didn't really have a plan. He, he literally came out and just said it like that. They could have planned things better. I mean, if, you, if I'm lying, I'm dying. Look it up. That's literally a thing. He said they should have planned things out a little bit better. This is J.J. Abrams, which is all I need to know about it's just the current state of the Star Wars universe, at least the movies. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just that that was a big deal and you just didn't see that. Like, But the thing is, I would say what they should do is try to get away from the Skywalker saga. And I would say go into some of the expanded universe legend stuff like Honestly, that's why I'm thinking going back in time would be a big deal because of the fact that you have all these different characters, especially some of the Darth Sith lords. You got Darth Revan, Darth Plagueis, 
Darth Nihilus, you know, and, and I think and I'm going off of memory, but I think Darth Nihilus is literally is like um a force vampire. He he drains the life force out of people. That's kind of cool. <laughs> so um yeah. They can literally do stuff like that to make, you know, because the thing is, if you don't, you know, insert new stories and new characters that, you know, to keep the story fresh, then, you know, Star Wars is going to basically lose its appeal. And that's kind of what we're seeing. And um, but there is a little bit of hope, though, because the thing is, it looks like um, they've kind of got the message and there's rumors that George Lucas might be working on ideas for a new trilogy. He's writing them. Hopefully he doesn't direct because, you know, that's where I think he made his mistake in the, uh, the last trilogy. Episode one through three is I think he should have just wrote it and executive produce. He should not have directed it because, um, yeah, I, I just think that they probably if a d- different director had done it. Because the thing is, you know, I was watching a documentary on Disney Plus. Uh, it's an older documentary, but it basically was talking about the original trilogy episodes four through six. And the thing is, yo, man, um, even in this documentary, George Lucas back then, it's just he didn't like the directing process. I mean, he was more of a creative guy, but, you know, he, he, he wasn't really fond of directing. That's just something I've heard, and that's what they were mentioning, some of the actors in that um, documentary. So, yeah, if it's true, there is a little bit of hope. So hopefully he'll just write, but definitely not direct. I think that'd be a mistake, but... We'll see, because uh, yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't be cool with him directing again. Because uh, if he doesn't like it, then just use your creative ideas and just say, "Hey, this is what I want you to do," and then have a good director do it. That's what I think they should do. I mean, so the thing is, ultimately, you know, Disney's a giant corporation, and let's keep it real. As a corporation, their ultimate goal is to get paid, and so they realize how popular Luke Skywalker character is. I mean. I heard some stuff when the Mandalorian season final came out. I heard that the servers, you know, there's a lot of people who are saying this. I can't confirm any of this. But the thing is, apparently the servers might have crashed because so many people who were not on board were heard about Luke Skywalker and they went and watched it. So, so many people showed up that Disney's, you know, they weren't ready for it. And so basically a bunch of people showed up and so their bandwidth wasn't ready, you know, a bunch of technical crap. And apparently the the website crashed or something, Disney Plus. Now, I personally, I don't know if I could believe that, you know, maybe, maybe not. But the point of the story is, I think they're realizing that, okay, we've got Luke Skywalker. Why not bring him back? And so in my opinion, moving forward, I, I, I think that... Um, I'm going to talk about that in a minute. I'm going to go into a little bit more detail. But I think that one of the biggest things they can do is, you know, you don't want to completely just stay in the Skywalker saga only. All right. But they're going to do it anyway. So as long as they make good stories, I have no problem with sticking with the Skywalker saga for a while. But here's what I think they should do moving forward. I think that they should take advantage of this and either create a new trilogy that, in my opinion, I think it should take place. And uh, there's a couple of things they can do. Um, to me, what they could do is, um, do this new trilogy. Um, it could be kind of a, um, I, I would say, honestly, just for, um, kind of look at it as like, kind of like Marvel's What If. 
they could do a movie series or even a one-off movie kind of like what they did with solo and rogue one you know now maybe those are bad examples because rogue, rogue one was not completely terrible but honestly we know the story we didn't have to really go into major detail about the story but they did anyway with a whole movie we know that they got those plans for the death star we, we didn't really need to see a movie about it but they did it and i don't think the idea is a bad idea you can do one-off star wars story movies and it'll give you a chance to just do something in the Star Wars universe. I mean, it could be like, uh, um, they could go back in time and do some Knights of the Republic, Old Republic type stuff, or they could move forward in time in the future. I mean, it could be anything. But what they could do is, and here's another thing too. Like I was saying, they got the Marvel's What If stories getting ready to happen, right? What if they did a Star Wars What If type scenario? I mean, think about this. Now, this might be a little controversial, right? But what if they did stories of What If? What if Darth Vader actually took over the Empire? Or, I got something else for you. What if Luke turned to the dark side? Alright? He and you know what 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 happens if Luke turns to the dark side, kills Darth Vader, and then decides to kill the Emperor? That nah, probably wouldn't have been a thing, you know. Or maybe it would have. Maybe if he got angry enough, um, he would have been able to use the force to kill the Emperor. Mmm, a little bit you know, iffy at best, but what if they just did a scenario where they did an entire movie where, you know, halfway at the it, 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 halfway through it, he ends up coming up with a plan, and then he does eventually become more powerful than the Emperor and ends up killing him. So they can have a whole movie where Luke turns to the dark side, right? He kills some of his allies, right? They can do stuff like that. You know, it's creative, it's different. And they could even do movies with, like, you know, characters that aren't even a part of that. What if he did something that took place in the uh, Star Wars uh, Star Wars Underworld. You know, just do different stories. Some of it could be canon, or some of it could be Legends one-off stories, or just creating original characters that exist in the Star Wars universe and just do a one-off movie, or even do one or two movies that way. And, you know, they probably won't do that, but, I mean, it gives you a chance to do other Star Wars stories. Alright? Because if you have this strict adherence to canon, that's going to cause problems creatively, in my opinion. But, you know, I, I'm no expert in this, so I'm going to just leave it that to the, in the extra's hands. But it is a cool way to get other Star Wars stories out there. So just something to keep in mind. All right. But um, to be fair, though, I mean, I would say because now, we, that we, now that we have Disney Plus, I would say it would just make more sense to actually do this on a long-form content where you do limited series of, like, maybe a six or eight-episode arcs. You could do a lot of cool stuff in a, you know, just a limited series type deal, okay? Um, you could do some of the what if stories I just mentioned, but also you can do some other little things as well. But um, I think that eventually what they're gonna have to do is they're gonna have to try to get and move forward and get away from um, too much of the Skywalker saga, all right? And the best way to do that, um, honestly, like I said, there's hope because from what I'm hearing, um, Kathleen Kennedy's on the way out. I mean, you be, I've been hearing that for a good minute, but I think that, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens at sometime. I think it's in September or October. She's up for her contract. It's basically getting ready to expire. And so, will she renegotiate, or will they say she's going to retire, or is she going to go to other projects? She's going to leave Lucasfilms, and they're going to be like, thank you for your service to the company. They're going to give all the bells and whistles and give her, uh, you know, 
some of the, uh, the Hollywood trades are going to say good, popular, great, wonderful things about her. And typical to corporations is they're going to give her a nice package because they don't want to get some kind of lawsuit type deal going on, right? So maybe something like that's getting ready to happen. Because from what I understand, and a lot of people behind the scenes are, check, are, are saying this, they're saying that there's a possibility that basically she has absolutely no control over this. In fact, she's basically exec producing and taking care of the Indiana Jones movie, Indy ND 5. But she has absolutely nothing to do with Star Wars, which is great because this is where I'm hearing stuff like, you know, George Lucas might be coming back and working on a trilogy. And think about this. This is like the trinity, right? The Star Wars trinity of creativity. The godfather himself, George Lucas, comes back. John Favreau still working on his thing in conjunction with George Lucas. And then, of course, Dave Filoni. Um, I think that'd be great. But moving forward, now, I would say uh, what I would like to see is what I think they need to do is, because uh, it's only a matter of time before it happens, because the Grogu character and, of course, the introduction of Luke Skywalker, I think that sometime in, by 2023, 2024, there's going to be a Luke Skywalker series. It could be limited or it could be for a couple of seasons. We'll see. I could see that happening. And um, something else that might happen, too, is uh, if they do that, what... I think they need to do moving forward is if they do something like that is they either go backwards in time to some old Republic stuff like a thousand to two thousand years ago or they need to go forward in time to a time where here, here's a cool idea um, the Grogu character is really popular but we know that eventually he's gonna grow up so um, what if they do a time push forward 200 years into the future where Grogu is basically a young adult at this point He's real powerful in the Force. He's a Jedi, and so the Jedi Order is fully formed at this point because of Luke's, you know. And, um, yeah, they decide to move forward, and Grogu, maybe he's not like Yoda or anything. In other words, he's not like the grand, you know, master and teacher or anything like that, but, you know, maybe he's at least still around and as, as a powerful Jedi. They could do something like that, a Grogu-style show, right? And um, I think that would be interesting because that's how you could actually move forward in time and do different stories. And um, the thing is, you know, maybe that would work or maybe it wouldn't. And keep in mind, too, now, unless they actually get rid of the, because I'm hearing this thing about them using the uh, Veil of the Force to erase uh, the, the, the Disney sequel movies. If they do something like that, then, um, you know, that's where a lot of this Grogu stuff could really work out. Because I'm hearing that's something that they want to do is get rid of these, pretend like these movies never happened, right? <laughs> so, I don't know, man. I'm, there's hope. But that's why, in my opinion, I think current Star Wars, at least in the movie sector, sucks. But I think there's a lot of potential. Because the thing is, with Disney Plus now being a thing, it changes the game. Because with Disney Plus, you can actually create other characters, other stories. And you can do time forward up time for it back and of course you play around with the Skywalker saga if you want because the fact is you can milk that for years to years to come because there's so much more stuff you can do creatively now that you have uh, the technology is improved you have the uh, streaming services so there's a lot of stuff that can be done with Star Wars now so there's definitely hope especially if there's any truth to this you know Kathleen Kennedy being basically put out to pasture in a nice corporate polite way so yeah that's what i think about star wars guys so i mean um i don't know i just that's, i feel moving forward this is a possibility and if it happens that way i i'm not gonna say uh, i'm against it because i just i have not liked a lot of the stuff that's happened in the movie sector under kathleen kennedy 
the shows, if if Dave Filoni, John Favreau, and even George Lucas, if he's behind the scenes working some stuff on a trilogy, if he's if these guys are allowed to do their thing, Star Wars is not going to suck moving forward. Because to me, the Disney Plus stuff is great, movie stuff not so much, but it can be fixed. Because all you got to do is just make John Favreau, or even George Lucas, either one of them, or even them all together, can basically become the creative force behind and just become like the the, the Disney. Star Wars version of John Foggy. Or, excuse me, Kevin Foggy. But, you know what I mean. You know, if those guys come together and they're the creative forces, Star Wars is not going to suck moving forward. Just my opinion. But yeah, that's just that's what I thought. I, I, that's what I think currently Star Wars sucks, but that's just the movie side of things. If those guys take over creatively, they might as well give them charge, in charge of the movies too and just let them go forward. So, that's my thoughts on Star Wars. Alright, so... Now let's talk about this um, Resident Evil franchise. All right, we got two different projects, as I mentioned earlier. You got the uh, the TV show. All right, they're gonna do live action. And that's gonna be coming to Netflix. And uh, they did a little uh, Lance. Um, I can't say how you say it. It's Harkin. Um, I mean, you know from a lot of stuff. I mean, he was in The Wire. Uh, he's done a lot of voiceover acting stuff. I mean, he's got a very distinct voice. So you usually when you hear the voice, you know who it is. Okay. He's going to be playing, or excuse me, playing Alex Wesker. And here's the problem with this show. I, when I read an article about it, I didn't see any mention of the characters that people generally give a crap about. No mention of Claire Redfield, Chris Redfield, uh, Jill Valentine. Those are integral important characters in fact the way they're going with this show it's like they have something where it's basically characters you don't know anything about the only character that's recognizable is um is alex wexker and the thing is with this is there's something where it's two time periods it's a time period where it's prior to the outbreak because apparently there's he's got two twin dollars that are 14 years old and then they do a time shift thing where it's th- uh, they're 30 years old. And apparently the world has been overrun with zombies. I don't like this. Because to me, that's not Resident Evil. They kind of were doing that Resident Evil movie type deal. And those movies, to me, the, the, the Resident Evil movies are kind of like the Fast 9. Or, or the Fast and the Furious movies. You know, they're not really the greatest. But they do have fans that love those movies. I, I never thought they were that great. But I did watch them. You know, I'll be honest. But... The thing about that is you're going to do this live action TV series and you're not even going to mention and have those characters in it. To me, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm not going to give it a shot, but I just don't see why you would do a Resident Evil show and just right off the gate. You're just going to do this time swap thing where, okay, so you have them as 14 year olds, two new original characters, the daughters of Alex Wesker. First off, he didn't have any damn daughters. Okay, this is completely off the cuff new stuff. The Alex Wexiger that everyone knows about. I mean, he has one son if you played the video games. One son, okay? And the thing is, Alex Wesker started off as, you know, uh, he was doing his dirty work behind the scenes with um, Umbrella Incorporated. And then he started working as a mercenary once he got his powers and abilities, doing some other stuff for other, you know, other business interests, right? So the thing is, that's the Alex Wesker character that everyone's familiar with. He didn't have a, no daughters, and the world wasn't completely and totally overrun, like in the uh, movies, and apparently like what they're getting ready to do with this sh- uh, show. So 
I'm not going to say I won't give it a shot because I, I do like zombie fiction, you know, content. So anything that's not the, the Walking Dead, I'm willing to at least give it a shot. But it's got to be good. That's why I like Black Summer, because the thing is, um, it's post-apocalyptic. But I do think that eventually they're going to have to move away from something that's I mean, post-apocalyptic content is great, but I would like to see kind of something moving forward in the future where it's kind of a combination of all right um what is the military contingency plan like kind of like you know a combination of um the world war z books how the government kind of came together globally and tried to uh put together a plan i need to see something like that something similar something that's different because you know damn well that the government has some kind of contingency plans for all kinds of craziness all right they probably got an alien invasion contingency plan that we don't even know about but that's another story for another day all right so that's what i think about the show i mean i'm willing to give it a shot but just reading that i don't like it and to be fair i'm gonna say this i am not against the idea of gender swapping or even race swapping but honestly i I gotta be to be fair I don't like it so much because I feel like it's almost like when they do stuff like that, and it just in my opinion, I feel like it's almost like they're pandering to the black audience. Look, I don't need you to make Alex Wester black, all right? There's a black character. If you need to create some original characters, you can do that, all right? I don't need you to completely change the character. Kind of like what they're doing this whole black Superman thing. They ain't got to do that because there's already black Kryptonians. If you want to do a black version of Superman, then they just do a different version that's not Clark Kent. So, I mean, I'm not completely against race swapping, but to me, that's it's almost like they're pandering. They're like, hey, like the whole 007, um, Daniel Craig is apparently, this is his last outing as, as you know, James Bond, right? So what's going to happen, apparently, is whatever people are hearing is moving forward. The female, uh, the black chick, I, I don't know her name, so I, 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 I don't know a bunch of people's names, so just don't, don't get me to lie. But she apparently is, they're setting it up to where she's going to be 007 moving forward. It's going to be a female 007. I don't even like when they do stuff like that. Because like I said, just create an original character, her character, and just move a franchise separately from James Bond and just have her. She doesn't have to be 007. Just have her be 00 whatever the hell she is in this in this movie. And so the Alice Wesker thing, like I said, Lance Harrington is a great actor, so I'm willing to give it a shot. But I just feel like I don't need you pandering to me as a black dude or black. You know, you, you don't have to do that. Just make good characters. You don't have to race swap. If you want to do that, just create an original character. But I'm willing to give it a shot. Now, they're doing a reboot also. I think these are both coming out around the same time. 2022. They're going to do a, a reboot of the Resident Evil movies franchise. Now, if they do that, I don't want it to be anything like the movies that we just got seen that's been around since 2002. They've got to be completely different. All right. I would say make them kind of like the video game as far as, you know, they can't be like the video game. But what I mean is the characters that we know and love start the franchise off with them. Make it that simple. They start off in the house. There's zombies and craziness. They're out in the woods. There are a bunch of zombies around and they have to escape. Okay. And then and if they don't want to do it that way, maybe just have it to where it starts off in Raccoon City and kind of make it sort of like the original story but just kind of change it up to where you know there's a little bit of the house you know they start off there and then you know raccoon city starts to get over uh run if they wanted to do something like that i i that'd be cool because if they're going to do a reboot to me 
it can't be anything like the movies we just saw because those movies were completely to me it's the zombie apocalypse version of the fast nine franchise so if that's the direction they're going to me it won't work because people have already seen that since 2002 there's like what six or seven of these uh, resident evil movies and we've already seen this so if they just basically do the same thing it's not going to work to me so either way i'll give them both a shot the show i'll give it a shot and i'll give these movies a shot if they don't suck if they do well that's another story now isn't it all right so let's just move on forward to uh, final topic of the show all right so this is the final topic we got some a lot of dc content coming up here pretty soon and i've got my top eight of these um stories and these properties that i want to really cover because for to me, DC has the potential to do a lot of crazy great things moving forward. You know, personally, I think that uh, the Flash movie is going to be a new version of the DCEU moving forward. I really do truly believe that. Because here's the thing. If they were going to do a scenario where they were basically going to completely write off the DCEU, to me, Jason Momoa would not still be Aquaman and Gal Gadot would not still be Wonder Woman. And, of course, you know, Ezra Miller's The Flash, you know? Now, I know that, that, that Walter Hamada, the head of DC Films, has said moving forward, you know, we're, we're saying basically everything has existed in a multiverse, right? So, basically, what we're seeing is a scenario where um, I think that The Flashpoint, it's, it's not, the, the movie coming up is not basically Flashpoint. It's going to be loosely based on some of the stuff from Flashpoint might be in there. There's a little bit of influences, but it's going to be kind of an original story, all right? So what I'm hoping they do, and I, I just felt like, you know, if they were going to do a complete total reboot, those actors would not be still in those roles. OK, so I just think that what they're doing is they're putting out solo films to build up the credibility of DC. And then um, from there, after Flash, we're going to start seeing other projects that come out and then it's going to kind of reshape the DCEU. All right. I don't think that all of Zack Snyder's ideas are going to be gone. So that's just my opinion. But uh, I made a list of some of the properties that I am pretty much looking forward to looking um, looking at when they come out. And so um, it's a list of eight things. And I'm going to do number eight to number one. And I'm going to basically give you a reason for why I chose these. All right. So number eight on the list is Titans. Titan season three is coming up. And I got to be honest with you. The reason it's number eight is for the simple fact that, I mean, I'm a casual watcher of the show. I saw that first season, which was okay. And I saw the second season. But to me, the Titans comes across as they're trying to be dark and gritty when that's not really something that the Titans are really known for. It's being super dark and super gritty. You know, that's the one thing about Tim Drake. It's not Tim Drake. Excuse me. Um, uh, Dick Grayson is his personality is not dark and gruesome like batman so his team is not basically dark and gruesome and gritty like what we're seeing in this show and the whole tone of the show is pretty much the same thing it's like you got deathstroke in season two and he's angry and he's the reason why the titans apparently there was another titans team some of the people that you see hawk and dove and um Apparently, at one point, they actually were a team before, but they had this issue with Deathstroke, and they end up breaking up, okay? And now they're coming back together as a team, and so Deathstroke shows back up. My thing is this. I, 
the third, the second season was okay, but I don't really have a lot of care in the world for this this show. I mean, it's okay. When it comes out, I mean, I'm not going to say I'm not going to watch it, but what I'll probably do is, um, I don't know. It's not on my priority list. I'll just put it that way. Especially the way it ended last season, you know, it's okay, but it's it's number eight on the list for a reason. I, I just don't really have all that care, much care for it, to be honest. Number seven on my list is Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol, um, it's not one of my favorite DC properties, but the way this show is done is it's pretty fast. And you got the girl with multiple personalities. You got a cyborg robot dude. And then, um, you know, you got this thing where the chief, you know, the guy in charge calls himself chief. And he's got this, um, you know, daughter that apparently was in this giant city. You know, the this, this show is it's quirky. And the quirkiness of the show actually works to where, look, it's not one of my top priority shows to watch, but... It's a pretty fun show to watch, though, compared to, you know, I mean, Titans, to be honest. And so I kind of look forward to watching it. All right. So I got it as number seven. Number six. Number six on my list is the new upcoming Suicide Squad. movie. All right. Now. I'm looking forward to this one because. Honestly, you got people like Margot Robbie returning as, um, you know, Harley Quinn. You've got. um you know, uh, Idris Elba showing up, which gives more star credibility to this. And then the fact that is James Gunn's first project with DC. You know, when he left, when when Marvel basically fired him for some tweets, you know, it's really ridiculous. But it just goes to show that you got to be really careful with these damn tweets that you put out now because, you know, you never know when some corporate is going to come back or even people who are your haters they'll go back and look at all your social media i mean these dudes have no life so their goal is to bring down people who are more successful than them so what they did is they literally went and found some old tweets that james gunn put out put pressure on marvel and then marvel fired them and then well i guess you wouldn't say marvel it was dc because dc's over marvel but the thing is you know um james gunn there was a bidding war to get him you know what Give me a second here. I'm going to take a sip of water. But there was a bidding war for him. And the first thing he did when he came out, um, went to D.C., is he did this Suicide Squad movie. Now, it should be interesting because, you know, um, the Suicide, the first Suicide Squad movie was kind of fun to watch. But you're not going to sit there and tell me the movie was great. I mean, it was kind of silly. And to be fair, um, it, it's a miracle that it made as much money as it did. It, it made like well over seven hundred million, because it was so it's kind of profitable. I think the movie, I can't remember how much they paid for the budget, but I think it was like a hundred million. And then the damn movie came out and did seven hundred million plus, which is kind of a win for a movie like that. And so um, I don't know. It, the previews, the trailers look kind of fun. So I'm looking forward to this movie. Um, it should be interesting to see what James Gunn can pull off with DC because if this works, you know, God knows how many other projects he's probably going to be doing for DC moving forward. Uh, I would love to see him do some other stuff. I mean, I don't think he's just going to do the Suicide Squad. That'd be, that'd be a waste of his talent, so we'll see. But number six on my list is the Suicide Squad. Number five, we got Shazam 2. Now, Shazam 2... Or just Shazam in general is an interesting character because of the fact that, you know, 
just this idea of a kid getting the powers of Superman. Now, keep in mind, his powers are slightly different. He doesn't have laser eyes, but he does have the power of thunder and lightning, right? So this idea of this kid getting powers, and then on top of that, his family. You know, I didn't even see that coming. I didn't see them doing the Shazam family thing in the first one. I, I was thinking that probably be something they would do if they were going to do it. I was thinking maybe on the second one. But they went ahead and said, okay, we're going to do the Shazam family in the first one. Which, okay. Um, but the thing about it is that character, right? There's pretty much a pretty cool background with all this stuff because honestly I think at some point um, because of the fact that we have Black Adam coming I think that what you're going to see is that eventually there could be it won't be the second one or maybe it will maybe this second movie will kind of introduce Black Adam and then from there the events of this second Shazam movie will lead into Black Adam which is coming up they're actually shooting that this year so sometime in 2022 I think it's supposed to be December of next year that's when Black Adam's coming out. So Shazam 2 is on my list at number 5 because whatever happens in this movie, I think it's going to lead to some of the events of, that come up in Black Adam. So I'm looking forward to this movie just for that alone. But uh, just to see also what they do with the Billy Batson character, um, what else they're going to do as far as his enemy. Because to me, what other enemy are they going to give him that's as big as Black Adam? So to me, maybe they're not teasing it. But there's a possibility that Black Adam might show up at the halfway mark of this movie. And then they have to fight him. And then also some other events lead into his actual movie. You know, Dwayne Rock's movie where he's playing Black Adam. So we'll see. All right. Number four on the list. We got Aquaman 2. All right. Aquaman 2. I'm looking forward to this because this is going to be a movie where basically Jason Momoa is now, you know, his Arthur Curry character is now the king of atlantis and so basically we're gonna see where this movie goes because of the fact that now you know we got this guy who is a reluctant um hero and also a reluctant royal you know a king and so we're gonna see where they take the character because now he is the king of atlantis what else what other challenges is he gonna face now that he is royalty and that he is officially the king of atlantis and uh, it would be cool to also see more of the um, Atlantean culture to see where they go from there. And um, we know that he has uh, Black Manta is pissed off because of what happened to his daddy. So um, that should be interesting moving forward as well. Is uh, is Black Manta going to be the main villain in this one? Because he was kind of a partial villain. It was more like a, a, a it was his brother Orm, who was the current king of Atlantis you know the uh ocean master and then of course there's a uh, black manta which was kind of working with him so we're gonna see how they go with this um are those two gonna be working together again or is it gonna be something else and also it should be interesting because you know the thing is they're kind of moving sort of away from the dceu as far as the solo films but the thing is just because they're not talking about different characters that exist in the solo films um We'll see, because we got the Shazam, and you also got um, Aquaman. We're going to see moving forward, are they going to mention any of the characters at all? Because the thing is, you know, that's the one thing they've done in these solo outings in the as the characters is 
they shoot these movies and do them in their own universes and don't mention any of it's not like the mcu they're not really combining other characters and having them show up and cameo they're not doing that this is basically these characters are doing their own thing but maybe they'll change that in aquaman 2 we'll see all right so this is the final three coming up number three on the list is black adam Alright, so I'm looking forward to this because of the fact that alright, anything that The Rock stars in is blockbuster gold. Alright, The Rock is a badass. And they've been teasing this movie for a minute. I, I think they've been teasing this since The Rock kind of made a little announcement. They've been teasing this since, I think, Batman vs. Superman. So they've been talking about this for a minute, but like a lot of stuff, you know, it was just poor management. The movie stayed in, you know... Uh, it, it stayed in development hell, just like The Flash, for a long time because of the fact that there was no Walter Hamada. I, the, whoever the guy was before, um, well, I can't even remember the guy's name, but there was a big controversy with DC because of the fact that, you know, they know these movies were not as, you know, not not the best quality. All right, they didn't really. And the thing is, I kind of sort of like some of the stuff Zack Snyder did, but the thing is, they knew that there was kind of some stuff that was kind of questioned about some of Zack Snyder's stuff. And instead of actually reining him in a little bit, what they did was they said, well, whatever we make on the box office, who cares about quality? I just want to get my bonuses before we go out the door. Because they knew that some kind of an acquisition with AT&T or some other company was probably coming. And so all they cared about was their bonuses instead of actual, you know, creative control behind the scenes to make sure that there was high quality movies. So, you know... This is one of the reasons why Black Adam has been in development hell for a minute, but now it's finally getting ready to happen. So I'm looking forward to this. I, I, I really am. I think it's going to be a good movie. I'm hearing a lot of, uh, well, I ain't hearing nothing, but just the way they're teasing this. I think that this movie, and plus here's what's cool too. This movie is probably going to answer this question of will Henry Cavill still be Superman? Because keep in mind. Some people are saying that Henry Cavill can't be Superman anymore because they're going in a different direction with this uh, black version of Superman. But keep in mind, Walter Hamada very specifically said this is the multiverse. So just because they're making a black version of Superman that might be Clark Kent in one world doesn't mean... And there's no guarantee that that's even where they're going to go. They're talking about it, but that doesn't mean it's not going to be a different version of Superman. It may not be Clark Kent. It may be some other uh, black Kryptonian. But the thing is, um, Black Adam could have, because from what I'm hearing, the rumor is Black Adam uh, himself, Dwayne Johnston, wants to have a fight against Superman, which would be epic, Black Adam versus Superman. And the thing is, Henry Cavill and Dwayne Johnson are kind of, uh, I wouldn't say they're friends, but they definitely are part of the same management company. So the thing is, they're probably talking to each other behind the scenes, and you know, the rumor is that Dwayne Johnson wants to have that epic fight with a major superhero, which would be Superman. There's nothing more ultimate in the DC universe than a fight with Superman, all right? So there's a possibility we could get that. And so if that's the case, you know, they're doing a little origin story type deal. But then at the end, when he shows up, they have a fist fight, you know, him and Superman. Um, that could be epic. So I'm definitely looking forward to that. That's why it's on number three on my list. Number two is going to be The Flash. Now, why would number two be the Flash on my list? Or excuse me, why would number uh, the Flash be number two on the list, right? Because of the fact that the Flash is going to answer a lot of questions of the direction moving forward for the DCEU. 
You cannot have a Flash movie because they're already saying it's going to be loosely based on the Flashpoint paradox, which means that there's going to be some time travel stuff. There's going to be some multiverse stuff. We already know there's a Michael Keaton Batman. Then we also know that there's Ben Affleck's Batman is going to be in this as well. And then they're also seeing that there's Supergirl that's being introduced in uh, Earth-89, which is uh, Michael Keaton's Batman's universe. So the Flash could be the catalyst, the movie that resets everything moving forward. And I'm telling you right now, I hope that's what happens. And we're going to find out here. I mean, time's going to fly by pretty fast. All right. I mean, this year is halfway done. I mean, we're in July right now. So before we know it, the first year of uh, uh, 2022 is going to be here in no time. And so one of the uh, big years of this uh, revamping of uh, DC, because a lot of the projects they were working on, uh, The Flash, Black Adam, Aquaman 2, The Batman, all this stuff is getting ready to happen. So we're going to see the direction moving forward of DCEU. All right, so I'm looking forward to it because I think Flash is going to be the movie that sets up a lot of stuff moving forward to let us know if the DCEU and crossing over these characters is all still going to be a thing. Okay. But number one on the list is obviously, of course, going to be the Batman. I mean, it's Batman. Anytime a Batman movie comes out, you know, I'm sorry. It's going to be number one of my top priority movies to watch because Batman is a badass. Everyone wants to see the Batman. I've heard nothing but good things. There's a bunch of crazy rumors, but there's unsubstantiated rumors. All right. Unsubstantiated a lot of this stuff. I mean, you know, some of the stuff they're even talking about isn't even worth talking about because the thing is, there's no proof of it. Okay. But the thing is, the Batman is number one on the list because the thing is, it's Matt Reeves. Matt Reeves has been a part of a lot of great movies over the years, okay? And now he's got a Batman movie. I seen the trailer, and that trailer that they released, this was during DC fandom back in the day. And I'm telling you, if this movie is anything like that trailer, it's going to be, it's going to knock it out of the park. Now, will it be a billion dollar film? I don't know. But it's a hell of a possibility because the way it's looking, dark and gritty, um, it's basically the way Matt Reeves is trying to do this movie. is It's basically he's trying to take us to the essence of what Batman is. Batman is not just some big time brawler. The essence of who Batman is is he's basically a detective. So he's a detective. He's going against a villain where it's almost like a Batman version of Seven because he's going after a guy who's going after politicians. The first dude he killed, I think, in the beginning scene where you see his face covered in tape and he says, no more lies or whatever, right? I think that was some politician dude. And then, of course, um, there's some other guy who, you know, he showed up. There was a scene where Bruce Wayne was, you know, P Pattinson was Bruce Wayne, not Batman, where basically this guy had this, you know, this trigger. Um, his hand was on this trigger and there was tape all over him and his mouth was covered. And then there was a letter that said to the Batman. So the thing is, this is going to be kind of a murder mystery slash superhero film. And the thing is, this is a Batman movie that we've never really seen before because it's more than just him going around beating the hell out of villains. So this could be really special, man. Now, now to, keep up, be, to be honest, I am going to say this. I still would have loved to see Ben Affleck as Batman one last time in his own The Batman film. 
And the thing is, the way they're talking behind the scenes, that's still a possibility. Except it might turn into a series on HBO Max, which, if they wanted to, keep in mind, look, the multiverse, they're saying it's still a thing, right? So, they could shoot this movie as the multiverse for Batman, um, or for HBO, um, uh, HBO Max. And um, that could be basically Ben Axe's last outing as Batman, because the thing is, you know, the way they were talking is they wanted to have basically him show up as Batman in The Flash. We don't know how big that role is going to be, his version of Bruce Wayne, in The Flash movie. But he's definitely going to be there. And so if there's any rumor to this HBO Max Batman series with Ben Affleck, then what will happen is he'll do his thing, and then um, they'll replace him and have another actor be Batman. And just go from there. And the truth is, what they could do is they could just treat this exactly like they do Bruce, uh, um, well, like the other Batman movies. But also, like, um, um, another way to think about it, too, is just think of it the way they did it with the um, James Bond franchise. Batman movies did it. James Bond movies did it. Just have it to where if another actor replaces him as Batman, it won't really matter. They can do the same thing. Uh, well, they did do it. They did it in the um, MCU. Don Cheadle is playing Rhodey, but it started off with Terrence Howard. So this is something that's not, you know, it, it's a little bit jarring at first, but then people get over it real quick. No, Nobody cared when you saw Don Cheadle show up as, you know, Rhodey. It, it, it's just like literally a few minutes in and then all of a sudden you, you don't care. It's, it's literally, that's how it was. So that's it, guys. The Batman is the top of my list of all these DC properties coming up. And I might have missed some stuff, but that, that's the stuff I care about the most, to be fair. But that's going to wrap up today's show. And so, uh, yeah, well, do me a favor. Anyone who's watching this or listening to this, rather, I would appreciate it because I'm trying to do more and more content with this podcast. So if you like what you heard, do me a favor and give me some kind of feedback. Um, it doesn't even have to be four or five stars. Just tell me what you think. If you think it sucks, tell me how I can improve. If you think it's great, thank you. I appreciate it. Do me some, uh, do me a favor and share the love and share it to your friends and family. Let them know, hey, there's a show you need to listen to. All right, so that's it, guys. Till next time, I'm out.